0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making theology central.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, March the 25th, 2022. It is currently 5.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Now, it's Friday afternoon, and many people for their Friday evening or maybe their Saturday evening, they sometimes will set some time aside for entertainment, right? It's Friday night, it's Saturday night, so maybe maybe they get the kids together and they're going to watch a movie and they're going to watch a television show or maybe they're going to go out to a sporting event or are they going to go here, they're going to go there. But but some time, and for many people, during the weekend, there will be some time given to and dedicated to entertainment. But if you've been a Christian for about six minutes, you will realize really quick that there are strong opinions about what you can and cannot do when it comes to entertainment. There's certain music, that's a no. Certain movies, that's a no. Certain channels, that's a no. There's there's certain places, it's no, you can't. No, 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 no. In fact, and my early Christian experience, I felt like that the most important thing I did as a Christian was trying to figure out, it's like, okay, I became a Christian. What is discipleship? Discipleship is learning what you can and cannot do for entertainment. Because at, at the time when I became a Christian here in the middle of nowhere, Texas, there were some big uh, entertainment controversies swirling around in this part of Texas. The whole argument about Dancing, you can't dance. You're you're a Christian. Dancing is ungodly. It's worldly. You can't dance. The whole footloose kind of phenomenon. There were some towns in parts of Texas that had city ordinances against dancing because it was ungodly and it it, it was wrong. So dancing was wrong. So basically, I was told all secular music. Is wrong. If it's secular, it is wrong. And for some weird reason, that didn't apply to television because I could watch some secular television. I just could not listen to any secular music. It, it was really weird. And then when it comes to television, I could watch a lot of things, but the thing was, if it had an R, if it had the R, I couldn't watch it. If it had other ratings, I could. So, and then, and, and, well, it just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. There was all these things I could and could not do. And this went into when I got, when I, uh, ended up in a church in, uh, Papillion, Nebraska in the 1990s, the, the first church where I started, uh, preparing for ministry, the first Bible Institute I, I started attending. And I found out once again that Christianity came down to what you could do for entertainment, what you could or could not do. So in this church, I could not, not only could I not listen to secular music, I was not even allowed to listen to contemporary Christian music, anything that had a quote unquote Beat was deemed sinful and wrong, so I couldn't. I, I could not play cards. Playing cards was wrong. I could not go to the movie theater. Now, what was weird is I couldn't go to the movie. Now, I couldn't listen to any secular music. Once again, couldn't listen to secular music, but I could watch secular movies. <laughs> this is it's so bizarre. Even trying to figure this out, I could. So I could, but I couldn't watch the secular movies in a movie theater because that was sinful. But if I went to Blockbuster or any. You know, video rental store, yeah, dating myself, remember 1990s. I could, on a Friday night, I could rent, you know, 15 movies and I was good to go. I was good to go. So I could, you could rent movies, but you couldn't go to the movie theater. You could watch secular movies, but you couldn't listen to secular music. You could watch secular movies, but you could not listen to contemporary Christian music. Oh, you could watch football games and you can go to football games, but you can't go to the movie theater. You can't play cards. Oh, you're not supposed to have a beard. I don't, you had to wear a tie. I don't even remember. There were so many rules. It was, it was crazy. But once again, it was, it was all of these rules about entertainment, 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 entertainment. And it's still a very controversial subject among many Christians. Some Christians, and here's kind of what's happened. I think some Christians got so tired of the craziness, the rules, the inconsistencies, Almost a a form of legalism that they were like, you know what? I'm just going to watch what I want to watch, do what I want to do, and I don't care what anyone thinks. I think some people just got tired of it. Others have dug in and they still try to maintain these standards, and it, it it's still a controversial subject. And Christians still get upset by plenty of entertainment that is in the world. They get really bothered by it, condemn it. I I mean, it depends on the week. It's either, okay, now we're boycotting Disney. Now we're going to supposedly boycott Netflix. And now we're going to boy, uh, boycott HBO Max. And I, I can't remember, I don't even remember from day to day what, what I'm supposed to be boycotting. I, I do c- keep up with just for information purposes, American Family Radio or the American Family Association will send out their alerts. Alert, we need you. Netflix doesn't care about Christians or Disney. It doesn't care about your Christian values. And so stop supporting them or whatever the case may be. It's always something. I remember when the Southern Baptist Convention, I think, had some problem with Disney. It's always something. Uh, uh Back again in the 1980s, it was, you know, uh, secular uh, uh, albums had backward masking. So you've, you play the uh, record backwards, like it may say, another one bites the dust. But if you play it backwards, it says smoke marijuana. Stairway to heaven by Zeppelin is, you know, basically worship Satan or well, whatever the case may be. It, it was just it was just always something. and And you've probably lived through m- much of this. And if you were to get people in your church together. And, and just name a movie, a TV show, some form of entertainment. I guarantee you're going to get some people going, Oh, you can't do that. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And it, it's, it's just, it's a never ending source of controversy. Now, my typical approach in all of this is really just try to avoid all of the controversy. And here's the reason why. Whatever Christians are up in arms about today. Whatever they've got their you know pitchforks and they've got their, their 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 they've got the torches lighted and they're ready to go burn down whatever they're going to burn down and and protest it i I tend to know that their outrage only lasts for a few minutes and then it moves on to something else so in many cases, I just kind of like you know whatever, but I have a rule that the people who listen to this program they determine what I talk about, and so we have an email. Now, I I have the paper just for sound effects because clearly I did not print it out. But if I just tap on my uh, uh, iPad, it doesn't work. So I have an email from a listener who asked me about a recent controversy surrounding entertainment and Christians, because this entertainment is supposedly demonic. Now, if there's something demonic out there, we definitely want to know about it and we definitely want to avoid. So what is demonic? What is going on? Well, let me pull up this email on my iPad. I, I'm Just give me a second here. I'll, I also need to do something else because I forgot to look this up prior to. Okay, there it is because I can get the description of it. All right, here we go. All right. Okay, I think that will work. I think that's a good enough description when we need to read it. All right, so here is the email. This was sent on March the 23rd at 9:23 a.m. And I do and I do mean this in all since I'm being sincere here. I do apologize to the person who emailed me. I didn't immediately respond to them. Because I saw it, and I was just kind of like, oh, boy. Now, I did ask the people in the Discord channel. I like, hey, guys, what do you think about this? And and the, the Discord channel response was kind of like, they, they basically didn't care. They could care less about the controversy. They didn't seem – they just seemed pretty indifferent about it. So that was kind of like, well, then do I even – do I even – deal with this but then i thought well wait a minute i remember my rule my rule is if you email me that moves to the top of the list but this one i did not move to the top of the list so i apologize but i'm gonna make it up right here on this friday afternoon and i think friday is the best day to do this because this is the time a lot of people are looking for entertainment choices this evening what are you going to do for entertainment tonight What, what are you going to watch now, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to watch because whatever I tell you, it's probably going to create controversy. I mean, at this point, I could sit there and say, I'm going to it doesn't matter. Whatever I just I could name anything. Theoretically, whatever I name, I'm going to get an email going, How dare you? You claim to be a Christian and you watch that. You don't do that. And if I name anything, I'm going to listen to. How dare you? It, it, like literally. I mean, it it doesn't matter what it is. Well, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. There's one thing. <laughs> that I can tell you I'm going to watch, which I would get praise for. And somehow I would be almost given the position of Pope if I, and and this one bothers me to know when, if I say I'm going to watch the Lord of the Rings or read the Lord of the Rings, then supposedly I've reached spirituality. It's just the one form of entertainment that it seems 99%, there's always some, but there's about 95% of Christians will act like you've just reached, you know, godliness and you're basically you're reading inspired scripture or I could say the Chronicles of Narnia so if it's C.S. Lewis or Tolkien then I'm okay and everything else is is suspect and evil if I I won't even I won't yeah it's just really weird so you almost have to go hey Christians what am I allowed to watch because if I don't watch what you watch (laughs) then I'm I'm of Satan so here we go let's let's get to the email Right. so sound effects again now set the paper down, and go pick up the iPad. See, the iPad really ruins this. All right, here we go. It says, hi. It's been quite a while since I've seen you discuss the Christian world's response to a particular fem- film. So I was wondering if, you, if you've come across the response in regards to the recent Disney Pixar film Turning Red. All right, now, the reason I'm kind (laughs) of saying that is because I've definitely seen the Christian response to turning red. Now, I I knew the movie was coming out because we play uh, a game on an Apple Arcade it's a Disney game. It's kind of like a, where you have like three or four Disney characters and you battle. You either try to get into the spotlight fighting to keep the other people out, or it's a rumble where you fight and try to, or there's, there's, it's just a video game, right? And they, they added a new character and which was going to be the main character in this new film called Turning Red. From Disney slash, slash Pixar, all right. And once once the, the film came out, I'm like, okay, you know, well, maybe maybe we'll watch this, right? All right, may, maybe we'll watch this. I haven't got around to it, and then I started seeing all of the controversy, and then I just kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Christians are upset about it. So then I thought, do I do I do I grab the microphone and go, all right, guys, let's talk about it. And I kind of thought, you know what? It's going to be one of the, it's going to be. I mean, Christians are going to be upset about it for what? 24 minutes, two days, and then they're going to move on to another movie they're upset about, or another song, or another musical artist, or something else in culture that they're yelling and screaming about. Because there's always something that they're yelling and screaming about. I sometimes find it interesting, right? There's there, you got one group of he's got Christians always running around screaming about what the world is doing. How dare they make that movie? How dare they make that TV show? How dare this? How dare the the world? The world? The world? The world? And then you'll read 900 articles about everything going wrong within the body of Christ. Right, churches falling apart. We can't get church attendance up. Uh, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, ab- uh, child molestation. Uh, I mean, rape. You just, you just craziness. And it's like, but, but, but we're upset about a movie and uh, the Disney made. And and, and I, I mean, let me just remind everyone, I don't know why Christians expect anyone in the world to make a movie that is going to necessarily agree with your biblical worldview. Like, like why do Christians like you will make movies that we like? Like, I was like, why do you expect that? I mean, what do you expect? They're not approaching their movie making or their storytelling from a biblical perspective. So you just going into it, you already have to I don't care if the movie's rated G. I don't care if the movie's rated R. You shouldn't expect it to maintain and give you a biblical worldview because it's, it's not coming from Christianity. I mean, in fact, I'm, I've said it so many times. I'm more bothered by the stuff coming out of Christianity than the stuff being made by the world. That's a different story. So they asked me if I'd seen seen the response. Yes. They go on to say, this amongst similarly themed videos have been shared amongst my circles as a warning to parents to not watch this film due to what they describe as demonic content stop right here. Now, I've been told my whole Christian life, that band is demonic. That song is demonic. That movie is demonic. That book is demonic. Demonic. Now, I don't, my question always is, so, okay, so let me make sure I understand how this works. So, if I listen to that song, or if I watch that movie, it's demonic. So, does that mean, like, demons that they, they, they come out on? Are you just saying like demonic philosophy? Are you, are you claiming it has the philosophy of demons? Or, because, because I've literally heard like, you know, I, I, I'll never remember. I'll never forget. I, I don't want to remember. I wish I could never remember. But back in the 80s, when churches were doing their rock and roll conferences, where they would have a one night conference warning the parents of the evils of rock and roll. And they're going to, it's going to end the world and Satan. Okay. And it was all about rock and roll. And then what they would do is like on Friday, they would have the conference. And then Saturday, basically the parents went to home, found all of the albums in their kid's room. And then you come back to church on Saturday night to burn all of the records. Yeah, just so, just, okay, just a crazy thing in my mind. But okay, um, I remember hearing this story that someone was listening to uh, Back in Black by ACDC or at least the album. Maybe it was listening to Hell's Bells, which is on that album. And um, demons came out of their speakers and I was like, whoa. They were listening to ACDC, Back in Black, Hell's Bells, and demons came out of their speakers. I'll never forget. I drove as fast as I could to get back home because I wanted to li- I tried. I listened to ACDC that night. Like, I think I listened to it for six hours from like nine o'clock at night to like six in the morning. And I kept wanting, come on, demons, come on, come on, come out of my speaker. I want to see this. Uh, and no demons ever came out of my speakers, never. So, but they supposedly they had demons coming out of their speakers. So like, what happens if you, if you listen to something demonic? Like I mean, it's one thing to say something's demonic, but what does that mean? It just it has a demonic philosophy. It has a demonic philosophy. Okay, then what classify a demonic philosophy? Right. So so in other words, it it has a so in other words, it has an anti Christian philosophy. Okay. Now it has an anti Christian philosophy. Does that immediately mean I'm guilty because I watched or listened to something that has an anti-biblical philosophy in it? Do I become guilty of that philosophy? You're not the one teaching it. You're not the one believing it. You're not the one saying it. You're watching something that within that storytelling has something that is supposedly demonic in its philosophy or its idea. Does that, does that, are you guilty of it? Are you going to immediately think that way? Are you going to be immediately influenced by that? So, so if, we, if we start establishing this kind of as the, the, the guideline, then here's the rule. Anything that does not have a biblical philosophy, you cannot watch, you cannot listen, you cannot read, and you cannot be entertained by. Now, the problem is most Christians don't remain consistent on the, in that. I mean, is everything in the Lord of the Rings a biblical Christian philosophy? Is everything that C.S. Lewis put in Chronicles of Narnia does it give a, co- a correct biblical understanding of the uh, of the atonement? I mean we we could raise some we could raise some questions there, right? And what well but but, but 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 wait I mean it doesn't have to be. Well wait a minute. So like how do you how do you process this? Right? Okay. So. So when they say it's demonic, I'm always like, so what exactly does that mean? Does it mean demons are going to jump on you, possess you, control you? Like, what what does it mean? And the best I can understand is it has to mean it has a demonic philosophy. Well, demonic philosophy, I guess you're classifying as anything that is not Christian. So, all right. So, but demonic content. Having watched, having actually watched the film myself, and viewed this particular video, it feels as if this is yet another example of the Christian world poorly engaging with secular media and inferring certain meanings where they may not be, not to mention not willing to sit down and discuss the matters and themes brought up by the film with any children that may watch it. Additionally, is the lament that secular studios are willing to create and cater to all cultures except for Christians which i thought was kind of a given since those secular stu- studios aren't well christian okay all right this person doesn't need my approach this per- person literally is is dealing with everything i have and they said i hope hoping to see your thoughts on this matter and they put a link to Da, 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 YouTube video about this subject. So we're going to review this YouTube video before we do so. I have here. In my hands that have never been stained by nicotine. Okay. Not that that really matters, but that's an old Rush Limbaugh thing. Okay, that you say. Never mind. All right. I, I cultural, a pop cultural reference. All right, here we go. I wrote in my journal six things... Now, I'm not going to be able to take each one of these six things apart and break these down. Maybe at some point, I'll, maybe if there's a demand or a need for people for me to expound on these, I'll be more than willing to, willing to turn the microphone on again. But I wrote down Christian and the arts or Christianity and the arts. When it comes to Christianity and the arts, and when I say the arts, music, film, painting, poetry, music, movies, TV shows, basically anything from that. We'll call it the arts, or you can call it the world of entertainment. I don't think, I I think in many cases, when it comes to Christians, they're never really discipled, I think, in any meaningful way in how to deal with this subject. But I wrote down some of my principles. Not all of you are going to agree with them, but that's okay. Here we go. Number one, I think this is important. I think this is a principle that we can never forget no matter what we're looking at. Depravity inside versus corruption from the outside. Many Christians seem to forget whenever these discussions arise about music, movies, they always seem to focus on the corruption that is outside. And the thing that almost is taught like this, avoid that corruption. Don't listen. Don't hear no evil. See no evil. Speak no evil. Be no evil. Right? Don't hear it, don't see it, you won't speak it, you won't be it. Like, don't hear it, don't listen to it, or or, don't listen to it, don't see it, don't watch it, don't speak it, and you won't be it. And I understand, in some ways, what they're trying to say, but they always forget a very important principle. Depravity already resides within us. The human heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Even our good works are nothing but filthy rags before a holy God. We are depraved inside. We are conceived and brought forth in sin. We, listen, we are not sinners because we sin. We are sinners because we are sinners. We do not become sinners by sinning, we are sinners from birth. We always have this thing that almost like there's an it, that we're innocent and then we become sinners when we're exposed to sin. No, we're, we are sinners. The sin is inside of us. The sin is inside of us. Again, I'm going to use a pop culture reference. There was a a movie that was made in the seventies and they remade it again, I think in the Uh, uh, 2000s maybe the 2000s but this idea that this girl someone's like stalking this girl calling the house hanging up and she's like this person's after me keeps calling the cops and finally that the cops call her and tell her hey hey the call that you're getting the person who's harassing you the person who's stalking you on the phone that call it's coming from inside the house the person's inside the house with you get out Well, in a roundabout way, the call is coming inside. It's inside of you. The depravity and the corruption is inside of you. And sometimes Christians have a philosophy that, no, the corruption is outside. So let me just remind you, this is very important. And I say this all the time, and it bothers some Christians, but let's just make sure we we realize this. Cain killed Abel before Elvis Presley, before the Beatles, before Glenn Miller and the big band era, before Beethoven, <laughs> before any of that, he Cain killed Abel before video games, before MTV, before rap, before any other forms of rock and roll, EDM, you na- indie rock, you name the genre. Okay, we go through all the different genres. Before any of those music a- arrived, before any novels arrived, Cain killed his brother. Because the corruption was inside Cain. The corruption was inside of him because of the fall had occurred. Once the fall had occurred, everyone is born a sinner. This is such a vital concept. Now, I know Matthew 15, 11. I think it's Matthew 15, It's It's not perfect on this subject because I know it's referring to food. But there's a principle here, okay? I understand the context here. But I think it's Matthew 15, 11. All right. Um, yeah, Matthew fifteen eleven. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth this defileth a man. The defilement is inside of us. It's not what we eat. The defilement is inside of us. Now I know it's talking about food and being ceremonially clean, and it's got the Jewish context and I and the Jewish law. I understand that, but the concept still remains. It's not what comes into me that defiles me. The defilement's already inside of me. So we always have to start there. All right? Number two, this is very important. So number one, we just need to always, our philosophy has to be the depravity inside versus the corruption from outside. We're always worried about the corruption outside and we always seem to overlook the depravity that is inside. You can get rid, you can, you can, Cancel Disney, cancel Pixar, cancel Netflix, cancel HBO Max, cancel everything. Go live in a monastery without any electricity. This You're still going to have the sin inside of you. And just go through the genesis. We have homosexuality before the LGBTQ movement. We have we have homosexuality before disco. Right, we 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 have homosexuality all over the place in the. I mean, not all over the place in the Bible, but I'm saying it's mentioned in the Bible before any of those other before all of those other things are mentioned. We have rape. We have incest. We have drunkenness. We, I mean, we have idolatry. It's all just all just it's all pouring out of human beings, and they don't have all of this horrible world that we think corrupts everyone you can remove all of that and you still would have a corrupt world we have to start i'm not listen i'm not making any excuse for any of the corruption outside i just think we have to start with a focus on the corruption inside next this is very important avoid the hurt. Avoid anything that is hurtful to your Christian life. If you believe it's hurtful to your Christian life, you really believe that if you watch a movie that it's going to hurt you. If you really believe listening to a song is going to hurt you spiritually, and you truly believe that, well, then you avoid it. But what we have a tendency to do is we say, "Well, if it if it hurts me, well then everyone else is sinful if they do it," and we get mad if other people don't have the same opinion. Well, why would you do that? I, I would point you to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, where we read these words. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful uh, uh, disputations. If I can read the word right. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, yet another who is weak, eateth herbs. Let him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God received him. In other words, there are some things where you can, some will do, some will not do because of their their understanding of the faith. Maybe they're weak in the faith. Maybe they just have a problem. Don't start condemning and judging one another as a result of these things. Who art thou to judge another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemed every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. In other words, it sets up a principle here that, There's going to be some disagreements because clearly the Bible doesn't lay down every specific rule about every specific thing. And you're going to have to allow people to live out their lives. But here's the rule. If it's going to hurt you, don't do it. And if you know that someone else is hurt by it, then you don't flaunt that liberty and you don't put it in front of them, right? In other words, respect other people's weaknesses, but those who are weak don't condemn those who don't seem to have a problem with it. All right, because what we have a tendency to do is like, if you believe I can't watch that because that's going to hurt me spiritually, well, and you see, you hear that someone else watches it, you immediately start judging them and condemning them as being in sin. Don't do that. But if it's going to hurt you, avoid it. And I'm not going to judge you for avoiding it. Don't judge me if I don't avoid it. That's a basic principle. Number three, this is a big one. Christians sometimes focuses on, focus on avoidance versus engagement. Many Christians' philosophy is avoid, avoid. Again, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. It's avoidance, 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 avoid, 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 avoid. Don't see, don't see, don't see. Instead of going, wait a minute, let's engage this. All right, so what is this trying to say? What is the point of this story? what What's the message here? What's the philosophy and in a sense, following Second Corinthians 10 concept, take every thought captive. Take the thought captive, analyze it, and either accept it or reject it. I mean, I hope you're not watching movies or listen, watching secular movies or secular anything to gain great spiritual insight or spiritual truth. You're watching it for entertainment. By all means, you should analyze what it's about. But we've lost that idea. It's never engage. It's always just avoid. It's usually avoid and condemn. What about engaging it? What about engaging it? What about talking about, what about training, especially from a parental standpoint, how about training your kids, how to engage those things that may not have a Christian worldview. So, because at some point, listen, I know you think that you can make them avoid it and you can ban, you can, you can ground, but sooner or later, they're, they're going to find ways around you and they're going to watch it and they're going to see it. Do they have the, the, the skills to stop and go, well, man, I don't know if I agree with what that's saying that they can actually interpret it, they can actually understand it? You, are you really developing a, a, a young adult who can handle that which is contrary to their faith? And in many cases, your young people you're protecting may not even be a part of the faith. They may not even truly believe. They may not even care about Christianity. Well, now you're just trying to keep a lost person from, from things. But there are, they're already depraved. They're already a sinner. So, I mean, we've got to teach engagement. We've got to teach and get how to process it. How do they, how do they interpret it? C- can they process what they're reading? You get some Christian young people, in many cases, who are homeschooled, and you're like, okay, so let's read this. All right, now, all right, so who's the main character? What's the story arc? What's the message? And they can't even begin to even process anything. They have no critical thinking skills. They're just like, oh, bad, can't watch it. Bad, can't watch it. Bad, can't watch it. Bad. They can't process anything. Some people want to avoid it instead of engaging. Number four. So number one, uh, depravity inside versus corruption from the outside. Number two, avoid if it's harmful to you. Avoid if it's harmful to you and don't judge others who it may not be harmful to. Number three, avoidance versus engagement. Number four. This is a question I want everyone to ask. Are you guilty of a sin if you watch, read, or hear about? That sin? In other words, are you guilty of the sin? In other words, if you read the story of David committing adultery and murder, are you guilty of that murder and adultery because you read a story about it? If you watch a movie and it has murder in it, are you guilty of murder? If you watch a movie and it has bad things in it, are you guilty? Now, listen. This is one area where this becomes problematic, obviously, is if you watch a movie that creates lust, well, you know, then if you're lusting, now you've committed a sin. But it's just like, it's weird, like certain things you can't watch because see, that's sinful. But there'll be other things you're like, but that movie just has, that person just murdered three people to get revenge. That's not right. Well, but yeah, but it didn't have any cuss words, but it still has an unbiblical... My idea, right? Uh, well, the show is is good. Yeah, but the main character lies throughout the whole show. Yeah, but it didn't have any cuss words, and it's not rated R. It's really weird how Christians just. It's like, so if you watch some things, you're immediately guilty because it's got bad things in it. But there's other things you can watch that may not have a Christian worldview, but you're not guilty. So, what is it? Are you guilty or not guilty? If you watch something that has an unbiblical philosophy or unbiblical or ungodly things in it, are you guilty of it? And I don't think we're guilty of watching it. I don't think we're guilty of seeing it or hearing it. Now, if it begins to impact the way we think and feel, yeah, then, but that's, we're going to become guilty of our actions and our thoughts. So, so are we guilty of it? Number five, consistency. Sometimes Christians forget consistency in this. It's I give you an example. Pastor's kid. I have to pick him up for New Year's uh, New Year's Eve service. We're getting there early. The pastor needs me to pick up his son cuz I think I can't remember how it was working. I think we're getting there later or I can't remember. I had to pick up the pastor's son. He gets in the car and he's all ticked off. He's mad, he's furious. And his first words is, my dad is a stinking hypocrite. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I don't want to be involved in this controversy, right? Pastor's kid. And, and I'm like, okay, so what's going on? And here's what was going on. In his family, they could own all of the Rocky movies. So they own the Rock- they could watch the Rocky movies whenever they want. Now, Rocky won. Rocky has, they clearly hint at it. He has a physical relationship with yo, Adrian, before they're married. So you're already in, in, in part in, in the first movie, you have premarital sex, even though it's not explicit, it's implied and it's not condemned. So is that right? Is that wrong? Okay. But so he, he they they have all the Rocky movies. I think it's Rocky Three that has the, the famous song Eye, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. All right. So they can hear the song in the movie. The the kid was like, man, this I like this soundtrack. So he bought the soundtrack. And they they're, they were already way late in watching these movies because uh, I think Eye of the Tiger came out what, in the 80s. So they were already way late discovering these movies, but he liked this. He wanted the soundtrack. So he bought the album. Father found the album, destroyed it, and said that it was sinful and wrong for him to have the album. Now, now here, try to understand this. You can have the movie, but you can't have the album. Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? At all. That, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I, we would notice it that, that many of the teenage girls in the church would watch diff, different movies, maybe by Disney, and they would have these secular songs in it, maybe in the closing credits or wherever. These songs were super popular maybe on secular radio. They couldn't listen to the song on secular radio. They couldn't buy the album. But guess what? When the movie credits would run, they would all be sitting there singing every single word. And that was somehow okay, but they couldn't buy the album because that was wrong. What, what kind of insanity is that? Same thing will happen if a movie has any form of witchcraft, witchcraft or magic, it's immediately sinful. Unless it's in the Chronicles of Narnia or Lord of the Rings, magic, wizards, witches somehow now is acceptable. Complete inconsistency. It's just bizarre how, how there's no consistency in it. And again, maybe because they're so used to just avoiding instead of engaging. And then a number six thing that happens is what do we really want? Like, what do Christians want? I think we think that we want the world to give us the movies we want. Why do we think the world is going to be out there trying to make movie to please you? And just think about it. Even when Christians make a movie, Christians then fight over it. Like Christian makes the movie like, well, I don't think that's really biblical. And, and I disagree with that theology. As soon as a movie is made by a Christian, there's going to be Christians condemning them. Christians can't even agree on Christian movies. But you're like, no, they shouldn't have done that. That's too much violence. They shouldn't have done this. That was sinful. That was, and it, that wasn't doctrinal. That wasn't theological. That wasn't. And then they start judging the movie and ripping it apart. What do Christians actually want? I don't, I don't really know what they want. They condemn Christian movies. They condemn non-Christian movies. They, I think every individual Christian thinks that the world should just be out there giving them the entertainment specifically made for them, fitting their specific theology and their specific doctrine. And that is the most arrogant and conceited thing I've ever heard of in my life. So there are some of my principles. Now, we've got to hurry because we've got to review this particular audio clip. This comes from YouTube. A pastor talking about the movie Turning Red. Now, just so that you know, the movie Turning Red, have it right here, is a movie that was released on February the 21st, 2022. All right. Uh, Turning Red. And here's the official trailer. We could play it. I was going to play it. It's distributed by Pixar, Walt Disney Pictures, all right, basically uh the movie is about a 13-year-old girl who is torn between being her mother's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth. As if that were not enough, when she gets too excited, she turns into a big red panda. Now clearly, the movie is about coming of age. The 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 whole change that you start going through as you reach 13 years of age, 14 years of age, and that that struggle of of parents and, and your own personal identity and friends and the camp. This story has been told a million different ways. But for some reason, the way they tell it in this particular case has ignited the wrath of Christians. We've got to take this down, at least according to some. Let's see what this video. I have not watched the video in advance because I never do that because I don't like to rehearse my responses. We're going to listen to this video that was sent to me and an email
0: by a listener. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Mike Signorelli, you are senior pastor of V1 Church in New York City. How's it going today? Hey, it's a great day here in Queens. I'm in New York City. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. The reason I'm having you on, we're diving into this topic of turning red, this new Pixar and Disney movie. Now, you put out a fairly long video on this, a really interesting commentary on the film. And you said a number of things, but one thing you said was, this is not a children's movie. What led you to that conclusion?
2: Well, you know, I believe that every parent, not just a pastor, but a parent has a mandate to actually screen material, you know, because every single device you have in your home uh, is a portal, either a window into the things of God or unfortunately things that I believe are demonic. And so,
1: you know, all right, let's stop right here. Now, I do understand being a parent in any year is difficult, Right. What do you let your kids watch? What do you keep them from? How do you handle it? How do you process it? And every parent has a different approach. Now, I also have been a Christian long enough that I've seen every approach under the sun. I've seen those who are like, you will not watch this and you will not watch this. And and no, 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 no. Rules, 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 rules. And I've seen that. Kids grow up out of that. Many renounce the faith. They, they, they walk away from Christianity, and they hate everything. Others who come from that background, they, they, they grow up and they follow Christianity. They may change their parents' standards, but they follow Christianity. I've seen those in homes that are like, you know what? You can pretty much watch anything you want. And we're not even going to really talk about what you watch. You, they give them like complete license and liberty. They're very liberal in their approach. And I've seen some of their kids grow up and renounce the faith or some of their kids grow up and guess what? Become Christians and follow the faith. So I, I, I've seen every approach with every different kind of result. It, typically, it's younger parents who think that, oh, if we do, you know, we're going to do this and that because all the other parents who've ever done it have all been wrong and we've got it all figured out. It's always young parents who think that they've got it all figured out. They, they're they going to master it. They're going to show everyone else how it's done. And then they realize that sometimes, well, especially when it comes to salvation, it's not based on your parental skill. It's based on the grace and mercy of God and salvation. But that's a whole different story. But um, so, Okay. So um, I do agree. Parents have to make some tough choices and I, and I hate it for them, but I, again, I would recommend and challenge you at some point, at some point, I know when they're young, but you got to start teaching them early on how to process what they see, how to process what they hear, allow them to talk about it, allow them to tell you if they want to watch it, if they like it, if they're interested, see what, uh, listen to your kids Let them speak. Let them be, uh, give them the freedom to be able to express, man, that looks really cool. Okay, well, why do you think that looks really good? What do you think you like about that? And you may be a situation where you watch it with them. I I definitely watch with them. Definitely listen with it. Too many parents are just like, you you can't, you can only watch what we tell you to watch and only listen to what we listen to. And, 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 we won't like go over and try to, oh, so, okay, so why do you like this? Let me, let's listen to it together. Oh, you like this book? Let's read this book together. Let's, and then get them talking about it and discussing it and processing it because you're, you're giving them a skill that will last the rest of their life, that they can engage things and process it and think about it biblically, logically. You can give them the Christian perspective. You can give them the world's perspective, engagement. All right, but so I understand parents do have a, a, a hard job in front of them, and yes, on that iPad, on that device, they're going to look into either a Christian worldview or a biblical or, or a, a a secular worldview. But are you going to keep them from never seeing the secular worldview ever, ever? The only thing they can do is listen to sermons and. I mean, like you're you're just because sooner I because so many times I'll hear Christians I'm not going to let my kids see anything that basically is not biblical and then you'll look at something that their kid is reading or why well, you're like you do you do realize that's not a very biblical concept right there right well 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 but it's not it's it's just again now you get back to the consistency issue but okay all right let, let's let's go through this.
2: As a pastor and a parent, I have an elementary school-aged kid. I was like, I, you know, this, this is a Pixar film. It's obviously going to be watched by millions and millions of people. I want to know what I'm exposing my kid to. And within the first eight minutes, I was absolutely appalled.
0: So, so let's talk about those first eight minutes. What, and by the way, okay, eight minutes, appalled. So he's using, he's using strong
1: language, right? He's, he is appalled by what he saw in a Disney Pixar film in the first eight minutes. Now, let's find out what was so appalling, what was so shocking, what was so horrible in the first eight minutes of the movie Turning Red, which is available. I think you can watch it now. I think it's on, uh, what is it? on? Uh, oh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, it's a Disney film. Okay. Oh. Too many streaming. I was going to say on Paramount Plus, but no, it's on um, Disney Plus.
0: All right. Here we go in your video, you really go, I mean, you show clips, you go in depth on this, but what was the thing that disturbed you the most at the beginning of the film?
2: Yeah, well, full disclosure, the video's already been banned on YouTube in all countries, um, which was kind of to be expected. I took a risk and just felt like I had a responsibility to share uh, the theological perspective on this. It's still up on Facebook for the time being. We'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, really, it's giving like an Eastern perspective. Stop
1: right here. He, he's kind of insinuating a little bit there. He didn't say why it's banned. He's kind of insinuating it was banned because I was giving a philological point of view. I bet you, because they just said he was showing clips, I bet you it was banned for copyright infringement. I guarantee you. Now, I'm not saying – I hate that because to me – Fair use would allow you to show clips as long as you're offering it for critique and review. But then the problem is trying to fight a copyright infringement charge with YouTube is very difficult. They typically just side with, you know, hey, they, they, they don't want to bother with it. They don't want to fight it. And then if you try to fight it, well, then you're, now you're fighting Disney and it just turns into a, a mess. It, it turns into a mess. So I, I remember I did a I did a video me and my daughter just wanted to, we, we, we were reviewing Uh, The DirecTV, it was AT&T TV, now it's DirecTV Stream, the streaming service. And we made two videos where we were reviewing the service, how to hook it up, and just everything about it. It was just like a fun thing to do. Um, We we just wanted to try it. It's not a very, very good video, but we wanted to try it. And in that video, we clearly are showing the channels that are on television, right? So we're just showing the television screen and the shows that are on it and we got hit with a copyright infringement that we were showing a show and that we basically we were violating the copyright now i did fight youtube on that and i they they actually listened to me and they were like you know what that's not a copyright infringement you're just showing the different channels as you're reviewing a streaming service. So you're not like you're trying to show, look, everyone, here, you just watched this this copyrighted movie on my YouTube channel. It wasn't anything like that. So we won that one. But I, I bet you that's what happened. I, I could be wrong. I just think if you're going to say that you're banned on YouTube, make sure you distinguish that you're being banned for a copyright versus being banned because you f- condemned Pixar and a Disney movie, Right. I I would at least at least put it this way. Let us know why, because the it's kind of being hinted at. It's kind of being implied. He's taking a stand for righteousness, and they shut it down. I I, I bet you I can make a I, I bet you I could record a program right now saying turning red is demonic and it's evil, and Christians should avoid it. And I doubt I'm going to be called into question or get that taken down on YouTube. Now, if I play clips from it. Well, then Disney or Pixar could then t- t- claim a copyright infringement, and then I would have to try to argue that it's fair use because I can use copyrighted material as long as I'm doing so by offering critique and review, and it's transformative. It, it, in other words, it, it, it's different than what their original content, what content was. All right, but all right, here we go.
2: And, and so the problem, though, I have is that, number one, it's a coming of age peace. And so it's essentially about a girl experiencing, you know, her monthly cycle. And then as a result of that, there's all this spiritual connection to, you know, ancestral communication, which is communication with the dead. We know in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27, it's appointed once to live and then to die and we face judgment. And it's strictly forbidden in the Christian context context to communicate with the dead. And so even within the first eight minutes, you have chanting, communication with ancestors, and immediately a red flag should start to go off. But unfortunately, there's millions of parents who are Christians, and they'll they'll not even know that their kid's watching it in the other room, and let alone even have the red flag to say, do I want my kid to be exposed to this as a gateway into maybe
1: future adult, uh, you know, interactions and Okay, so let's stop here. A couple of things. So he's throwing a lot of things that are in the movie. Clearly, there's some things in the movie that aren't Christian, demonstrating that the character, the family, has a different set of beliefs, a belief system that's not Christian. Now, Imagine reading a story where the characters have a different philosophy than Christians. I know this is absolutely the most shocking thing I've ever heard. I'm watching a movie where the the people in the movie come from a different cultural background with a different cultural philosophy and maybe even rel- different religious practices. Perish the thought, ladies and gentlemen, do not watch. We should never watch or hear anything where people come from a different background or have a different perspective. Or you have to let your kids know this system of belief is different than our system of belief. And we believe our system of belief is correct because of the Bible. And this one would be false. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, he did mention the, 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 the girl's monthly cycle. I've heard a lot of people talk about this, that, that, that it could be representing this. I'm going to try to close this. Um, here we go. Here's uh, a news article in regards to this. Pixar's Turning Red caught some parents off guard, but the film isn't the problem. Pixar's latest film has some parents turning red, upset or embarrassed that the animated coming-of-age film makes references to periods. Turning Red, streaming on Disney+, tells the story of a 13-year-old Chinese Canadian honor student. Stop right there. The girl is Chinese, Her family is Chinese. Therefore, their Chinese culture may come into play. And clearly, it may not look like your white American evangelical family. I know. Shocking, right? Okay. I, I am being a little bit sarcastic because sometimes it's just like, I think Christians are like, it will show what we want. And it's like, it, 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 you do get, that's, that was always the beauty I had in either movies or reading is I was constantly being exposed to different perspectives, different backgrounds, different ideas. Not, not, that doesn't mean all ideas are equal or all ideas are right, but it's just like, at some point, yeah, just now you can be like, well, I don't want my kid to be exposed to that. Well, at some point, they're gonna be exposed to the different ideas, are they not? At some point. Now, at what age you want them, okay, but all right. So so it's a, a, a 13-year-old Chinese Canadian honor student with adorably dorky confidence. That all changes when, uh, when the young girl marks her womanhood by poofing into a giant eight-foot red panda Whenever she gets excited, angry, or over emotional, a metaphor for adolescence and puberty. So this is a metaphor for adolescence and puberty, right? In other words, the changing into the eight foot red panda is a metaphor. Now that's 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 good to teach your kids on how to interpret a metaphor. Right? That that would be a good. While the film shows these changes. Aren't okay while the film shows these changes aren't something to demonize. Some parents found issue with the topic being brought into a children's movie. I would not feel comfortable allowing our oldest daughter, seven, to watch this movie because she wouldn't understand what is happening to the girl. Definitely not appropriate for a seven year old who is truly not uh, who has truly no concept of puberty or what that even means when uh, posted on Facebook. All right, that okay. I mean, every parent's got to decide when the kids should understand these puberty, what's going to happen in puberty, when, when, they, when they should be notified of this and how you're going to instruct them on this. We watched all the way to the part where the mom brings in ib- ibuprofen and pads. I'm absolutely mortified. Luckily, my child was clueless. It's safe to say that I've learned my lesson about reading movie reviews before I let my boys watch another shared. While parents be, well, While parents may be caught off guard, by, cu- uh, by curious kids asking questions about puberty or periods after seeing the film, experts say the real issue is not talking about periods at all, as well as the social stigma. Dr. Robin R. Miller, Interim Chief of Adolescence Medicine and Pediatric and Adolescent g- uh, Gynecology at uh, Nemours Children's Hospital in Delaware, deals with periods every day. I don't think that periods are talked about on a consistent basis in households, and I think that oftentimes people are just aren't aware. She says it's nice to give them the tools they need to really deal with things now, so the movie does obviously give some insinuation to this now it's 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 a it's not a sinful, horrible thing. <laughs> menstruation is not something that, (gasps) but I can understand it could raise some questions and you have to like, oh, okay, what do I do here? Now I do, I do agree that sometimes whenever, put it this way, whenever you watch anything, right? Whenever you watch anything. Okay. In fact, you could be, you could take your kid and I know you're going to say this is ridiculous, but it really could happen. You could take your kid to your Christmas to your church, when if your church does does one of those little Christmas plays where they show, um, you know Mary, you know who's pregnant, who's going to have baby Jesus, and and some sometimes out of the blue a kid may go, so where do babies come from? Where did baby Jesus come from? Now, you may, there you may say, well, he came from heaven, right? And and not try to avoid that he came, you know, that he was given, Mary gave birth to him. But sometimes kids may ask those kinds of questions when they see a pregnant woman or any, or see a baby. Where do babies come from? How are babies made? That can be an uncomfortable question, but it's dealing with a real thing. Now, maybe you would like to be able to control the narrative and be able to be in charge, but look, kids could see anything in a commercial or anywhere, and yes, it can make you uncomfortable. It can make you uncomfortable. And I understand that you have to decide when and what. But I, I, again, that, that's just something that makes you uncomfortable. Maybe you wish you were prepared for, but that could happen literally watching anything. It's amazing. Dep- it depends on your kid. You've You've always got the one kid who like just kind of is oblivious. They just kind of watch and like, oh, that's a cool part. And like, they don't care. And you've always got the other kid who's like the very inquisitive one going, wait, wait a minute. What? So what is that? Okay, I don't understand what, and they start asking a million questions, and all of a sudden you're like, oh boy, okay, what? Okay, oh boy, how do we answer this? That there's nothing demonic or sinful about that. That's just that the storytellers decided to include the. It's a movie about a 13 year old girl, basically dealing with puberty. Well, what are some issues that arise during puberty? Like I mean, just just the synopsis should give you enough idea. Well, this is dealing with a girl going through puberty. Now you may think, but, oh, it's a Disney movie, so they're not going to deal with the real issues of puberty. You could you could you could try to draw that conclusion, but the the storytellers decided. You may not agree with their storytelling thing, but I don't know. It's just something to get so upset about and like <gasps> it's it, now now we've already been told basically it's demonic because clearly it demonstrates an Eastern cultural perspective on maybe spirituality. Okay. Well, because it's a Chinese family,
0: right? All right. Let's continue.
1: Beliefs
2: uh, with something that the Christian faith condemns.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because I know I've seen some people react and say, okay, well, you know, a lot of Disney movies, a lot of, you know, animated movies have these elevated themes, have you know, elements of maybe not the occult, but I guess magic or make believe. What do you think sort of makes this film maybe different from some of the other ones out there?
2: Yeah, well, here, what I didn't want to do is become a viral meme of the Christian that's trying to cancel Disney, you know, that overly emotional, radicalized Christian that all of your friends and co-workers can't stand. And I even said in my video, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this. Uh, I, I have already. Um, but there's many more who are thanking me, saying um, my discernment needs to increase, And that was really my hope and prayer. But here's the thing. There's definitely a tipping point, and there's a moment where you're like, they've gone too far. Now, if you extract the spiritual aspect of this movie, just on the basis of the content of being about, you know, menstruation and this coming of age, it's not appropriate for children on that. I'm secularly educated. I have an English degree. I taught journalism and English. I can look at things from a secular perspective. Just on that basis alone, it's not appropriate for children. But again, now when you go past the eight minute mark into the 15 minute mark, there's this whole nightmare sequence. And I'm telling you, it's disturbing to children, whether they're Christians or not, because the whole basis of it is demonic in its presentation. You have like ancestors with glowing red eyes. I showed the footage, uh, which is probably why it got blocked on YouTube.
1: But then you even have spirits, literally these. Okay, good. Uh, hey, now now he says, that's probably why it got blocked by YouTube. Just as someone who's been on, uh, who's on YouTube, when you get your video removed, they give you the reason. So he has to know the reason. It's in your email. We had to remove the, fol- the following uh, content was removed because of copyright infringement, cyberbullying, bullying, I- I hate speech, whatever the different reasons they may give you. So he- he's got to know the reason, but at least he assinuates it could be because of copyright. All right, so there's this nightmare sequence. Now, let- let me just, let's just go through this. So in his estimation, Because it deals with menstruation, that it's inappropriate for for kids. Okay. But it becomes demonic because it has this nightmare sequence and it appears to also has chanting and ancestry, calling upon ancestors and it has basically magic. So again, I would have to ask you the question. If if you're going to be anywhere close to consistent, then any story of any kind, whether a children's book, a movie or TV show that contains any form of magic then it would have to be considered inappropriate, right? You would have to condemn it as being inappropriate just on that. If you're going to be any form of consistent, but I've seen too many, the magic there is okay, but the magic's not. The the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, that magic is okay. The magic and any magic in the Lord of the Rings, that's okay. The magic in Wizard of Oz, some say yes, some say no. But the magic in Harry Potter, definitely no. It's just this weird, like, and I understand trying to come up with rules can be very difficult. All right, let's, let's try to finish this.
2: Two demonic entities come out of a, a portrait and begin to swirl around. And this girl's being tortured, this child in her sleep. And it's just wildly inappropriate. And again, it should be offensive. But I, I think what happens is we're so desensitized that over time, things that used to be offensive to Christians, unfortunately, I think that we've become accepting of them and we ignore it. And that's really why I felt a burden to to put the word out about this movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other day it's interesting. I was in Barnes and Noble and you know, I'm shopping and there's board games out and there's the Ouija board right in the middle of the board games, right? It's just prominently displayed in the middle of it. And I thought, wow, wow, that's really, I don't remember, of course, it's been in stores, but I I didn't remember seeing it so prominently displayed. It seems like a lot of these different themes, which maybe in and of themselves, a one-off here or there might not seem concerning to people. But when you collectively sort of look, it seems like these sorts of themes that we're talking about, regardless of where people stand on this particular film, they're becoming more prevalent and more present in our lives. Would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. I think you just nailed it because I have a 15 year old daughter and as a 15 year old, she's a teenager just interacting with the world. The other day she said, dad, why is it okay to be everything except for a Bible believing Christian right now? And that's what my, that those are the words of my 15 year old. And she said, you know, Disney represents all cultures except for biblical Christianity and even other religions. And it's all represented in their film, but you won't see an old." Over Christian,
1: now, and here, do you want Disney? There to represent Christianity. If Disney, I guarantee you, if Disney creates a character that's supposedly a Christian, immediately there's going to be Christmas. That's not how I think. That's not biblical Christianity. That's wrong kind of What if it's a charismatic Christian? What if some craze charismatic Christian? Disney has a character where they fall on the floor laughing, claiming that, that they saw angels and, 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 and they try to do it in a quote unquote true to a charismatic theology. Well, other Christians would be like, that's not Christianity. So, so any pro, any attempt to put anything Christian in a movie, you're going to tick, tick off half of the Christian world and they're going to condemn it to the 18th level of hell. So there's, that's, that's a no-win proposition. It's best not to even go there if you are, if you are a secular movie company. And not of that, why do we expect them to do that? See, why is it that we're like, <gasps> oh, they, they don't show Christians? <gasps> hey, hey, here's a novel idea. Get over it. <laughs> because it's not it's it's not the church don't expect it
2: And she's picking up on the bias. The other thing is one of the lead contributors to Teen Vogue is a practicing open witch. And she actually has an article, it was released two years ago now, about the practical magic behind teenage menstruation blood. And so you see these themes um, and the connection to the occult, to witchcraft. And again, my my daughter can read Teen Vogue magazine. She's not going to read scripture, but she can have an entire article about witchcraft connected to menstruation. And I'm not saying this for shock value. It's just me simply telling parents, this is what your kids are being exposed to, whether you realize it or not. And when you look at Exodus chapter 22, verse 18, Leviticus chapter 20, verse six, you have a very strict like ban and prohibition on sorcery, witchcraft, and God did not change. Like the new covenant did not eliminate, you know, that, that restriction, that banning of operating and being exposed to these things okay so
1: all which all sorcery all of that has to be condemned so you cannot watch any movie that contains that now my thing is if i see a movie where those things appear in a story how do i become guilty of it those texts condemns the practice of i'm not practicing it yeah, okay. Someone just said, "Yeah, I don't know why people expect Disney movies to be theologically sound." Yeah, they they're not going to be. But the thing is is it is, is you're not guilty of the witchcraft. You're watching a movie where witchcraft is contained in the story. That that's not the same thing. And if you're going to carry that out, then you can't. Anything that contains magic of any kind must be condemned. I don't care if it's The Lord of the Rings. I don't care if it's Chronicles of Narnia. I don't care what it is. It's everything. It's The Wizard of Oz. It's Snow White. It's ever. It's everything. It is every single thing. You can't pick and choose which when magic is acceptable and when it's not acceptable. The fact that we think it's acceptable in some storytelling but not in other storytelling means then we don't believe that prohibition against magic is a prohibition against ever having it in a story. It, that's just—it's it, like we're all over the place with this. Now, now yeah, if you, you would have to deal with it if, if a show demonstrates some kind of magic or, or something— you, you you may have, again, depending on how old the kid is, you may have to deal with it. You may have to explain what that is versus what, what you believe. But, okay, all right, we'll, we'll, well, I want to finish this up because we're already over an hour, but I don't want to do a part two here. So let's go.
2: And when I think about the nation of Israel, you know, ancient Israel had bordering countries and nations that were involved in witchcraft and sorcery. And God was like, it's possible to be in relationship with them and not actually co-opt and begin to be involved in the practices that they're doing. And so, you know, listen, we're not going to create our own little Christian bubble. It's possible to be in relationship with people, but it's what the problem occurs is when there's this mixing And right now you see that Christians are reading their Bible, but also reading horoscopes. You see Christians who are, you know, believing God for deliverance and freedom from demons, but also going into and burning sage to cleanse their home. There's this intermingling that's happening. And I think this Pixar Disney situation is just another one of those gateway experiences. And to me, that should be so scary to those who don't know this
1: is going on until they heard this talk right now. Okay, so now 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 you're going from watching to practicing. Now if someone's practicing or doing, then we can condemn that. But so turning red is a gateway it's like a gateway drug. You watch a little turning red on Disney Plus and the next thing you know you're burning sage to cleanse your home. You watch turning red uh, on Disney Plus and the next thing you know you're chanting to your dead ancestors. I, that that to me is a big jump. If you read the story of Lot's daughter getting their father drunk and committing incest, the next thing you know, you're going to be stopping by the liquor store to get drunk. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, seeing a story, hearing a story that has something in it that's not correct is a million times different than engaging in the action. If put it this way, if you're so weak that you watch a movie and you're like, oh, that guy just killed him. I want to go kill someone. If you can't—because, I mean, how almost every story has someone killing someone in it. I mean, almost every story has killing or murder in it. It's, like, pretty common, right? Or if you even see a story where someone being unkind or rude or lying, it, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, a lot of Christians love the television show Psych, right? Because it was funny and it was hilarious. Well, the whole the whole premise is the person is pretending to be a psychic who's not. He's lying. He's using deceit to have a job for the L.A. police department. Oh, he's using deceit. So is that mean you're gonna use deceit? Is that mean you're going to lie? Now people, well, that's ridiculous. Well, isn't it just as ridiculous if you see some magic in a show that the next thing you know, you're gonna be in your backyard sitting in the middle of a pentagram with a dead goat, drinking blood and, and doing things? I mean, I mean there's gotta be there's gotta be there's gotta be some like basic concepts here, right? I mean it's it's perfectly acceptable to say hey hey kids you see on this show that guy he's lying he's he's using deceit to get this job is that a good thing or a bad thing place the moral dilemma before the children and see what they say if they're watching a show if this this person just killed someone is that is that appropriate is that is that right or is that wrong you, get them to engage in it but if you if you avoid, basically, if you create a situation that you cannot watch, read, see, listen to anything that contains something, because, I mean, he's like, the Bible has prohibitions against witchcraft. Well, the Bible has prohibitions against murder. The Bible has prohibitions against lying. The Bible has prohibitions against drunkenness. I mean, go through every prohibition in the Bible, and that, then you cut out any entertainment that contains one of those prohibitions. Either either in a sense put up or shut up. Hey, it's got witchcraft in it and the Bible condemns witchcraft. That movie over there has lying, has deceit, has murder. The Bible prohibits those things. So why are you watching them? <laughs> I mean, is is that is that is that a radical position to have? Like there there just seems to be no consistency. Now look, I I understand that it is frustrating when you're a Christian and you watch something, you're like, man, everything seems to go against Christianity. I understand it can be frustrating. It can be very hard raising kids and, and that because kids want to be, they want entertainment. They want to be entertained. They want to watch movies. They want to watch a television show. They want to play a video game. And it's very hard to go, okay, man, everything we watch has got some problem in it, everything. And, I, and it can get old and tired. I understand that. But you got to help them develop a way to process it. I I, I just, or you have to go complete avoidance and trust me, go complete avoidance and see how well that works out for you. Maybe it'll work out great. In Many cases, you just have kids then who won't come to you when they're watching the very things that you don't want them to watch because they got to sneak around.
0: Well, and you know, to your point, there have been a number of write-ups um, and in a number of outlets about the fact that Gen Z, obviously we know about the Depression, we know about all those issues. There's also this thirst for the spiritual connection, though. We know as Christians that that's what God puts in us, right, to connect with something with Him. And so people try to fill that void in all different ways. And one of the ways it's being filled, and again, people can Google this, they can look it up. There have been plenty of stories in outlets that are not necessarily Christian outlets, they are turning to tarot cards. They're turning to all of these other things. And one other point about what you were just saying, you know, in the Old Testament, we obviously have the prohibitions. If you look to the New Testament and you go to Acts 16, one of the most fascinating stories that I had looked past so many times as I was reading was this slave woman who is following Paul around, driving him crazy, and she's a fortune teller. Her owners would use her, right, to tell people's fortunes. What does Paul do? He expels the demons. She loses loses the ability to tell fortunes. And so you again see that showing up. It clearly was not a gift that she had been given to be able to do that. And Paul took it away from her by expelling the demon. So we see it throughout both the old and the new. Let me me ask you this. When you take all of the spiritual concerns away from the film, like let's just push them to the side for a minute, there were a number of other moments in the film as well. Um, you mentioned one of them. I, I believe I heard the word "stripper" at one point in in the movie as well. Um, what are some of those elements that parents should also just from from strictly a not being appropriate for kids perspective absolutely here
2: 's the thing. The whole premise is this coming of age, and we all know it 's common for teenagers to rebel against parents. The problem with the this the plot of this movie. Is that there's even a line at the end that says my panda my or or my my body my panda and you know because the whole thing is like you know this this the what it means to become a woman is this red panda this other persona this fierce and so there's this is the problem I had there's an, there's this embracing of that side and saying like hey I like to gyrate and dance this way I like to do these things that you think are bad you think are wrong but I'm going to embrace that and do it anyways. So there's just what it's literally teaching your kids is, hey, I lie to you, but that it's okay because that's who I am. You know, I dance in this sexually overt way, but you're just going to have to be okay with it because that's who I am. And it's that secular humanistic world.
1: I, I dance in a sexually overt way. Does the panda dance in a sexually overt way? Like when you watch (laughs) Turning Red and the panda – and you see the panda dancing, do you go, oh, that's sexually overt? Like I'm a little perplexed here. Do do, do you – do you, I, I'm not trying to laugh here, but I, do, do you, I, I would, anybody who's watched the film, do you feel like, man, that showed sexually overt dancing? Did, does anybody feel that that's maybe, maybe you do, I, I, that, that's, that's interesting. That, that, that's interesting. It would be, I, I always find it interesting when adults say that when kids watch the movie, that they're going to walk away going, all right, mom and dad, I'm going to go. Uh, I, I, it's, I'm going to do what I want to do. So I, I if I want to dance sexually in an overt way, I will. And that's the message I learned from turning red. It would be interesting that if, if any of you have children who watch the movie, right? Maybe they're seven or eight or nine. Now, depending if you don't want them to watch the movie, I've got no problem. Would never condemn you for doing that. You have to do what is right for you and your family. But if you are someone who would watch it, I would love for you to record for me, after the movie is over all right kids so what did you what lessons did you learn from the movie now if if your family's not used to doing this in my family whenever a movie ended we always had to discuss the lessons if they could not articulate the lessons of a movie or the meaning of the movie then in my estimation, they were not old enough to watch it, right? If they could not process what the movie was about and really come up with the message, then they weren't ready to watch it. Because if you watch it, you have to interpret it. That that was the basic rule, right? We watched lots of different things, but they had to be able to interpret it and process what it was about. But it would be interesting. He's saying, this is what kids are going to take away from it. Right? It would be interesting to know what kids actually take away. I mean, I mean parents love to tell kids what kids think. Sometimes we had to listen to what the kids think. And see, so what, what did you get from the movie? What did you get from the movie? And I bet you, in many cases, their perspective would be so far removed from the parents' perspective. Now, if and the reason I say this, if the kids aren't coming away from all of these nefarious, evil conclusions from the movie, then maybe these messages are not as overt as the parents are claiming them to be. You, you can do your own research there. All right, two minutes left.
2: Worldview that says there is no wrong or right anymore. It's like, hey, mom, this is my truth. This is what's right for me. But if you are a Bible-believing Christian, this should this should be screaming red flags like, turn this off, stop brainwashing your kids with this. The Bible declares there is a right and there is a wrong.
1: Wait, a secular movie doesn't have a biblical worldview? I'm shocked. I'm horrified. I can't believe it. Typically, when I turn on a Disney movie or Disney Plus, I'm expecting bum, 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 theology, Bible, morality. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm joking. I'm not. Now, I need to take every thought into captivity. I don't need to allow it to influence me. I don't need to allow it to shape my thinking. Right? I do agree with that. Let's continue.
2: And Mike Signorelli's not the standard of it. God is, and his word is. And the whole movie, when you get to the, like the climax at the end, which, by the way, the whole climax of this movie, the spoiler alert, <laughs> is this massive ritual with this pentagram-esque circle that begins to illuminate and these demon spirits in the form of a panda coming out of them and doing all this stuff. I mean, it, it goes from like if you were like, oh, I don't think this is demonic, like if you get to this scene, you're like, okay, there's no denying it. But then beyond that, there's this embracing of, hey, I, I did all these wrong things, but this is who I am. Mm. And, um, you know, as, as a, a good parent, you just cannot co-sign that message. It's so dangerous. And I want to say one quick thing, you know, it all culminates to this song and there's this band that comes out and it's just like, I was thinking about Daniel. When, you know, there was this idol worship and it said that in Babylon, there would be a song that would play. And every day that song would play and it would summon up this ritual of we're all going to bow down before this idol. And Daniel said, I'm fasting. I'm not going to do that. I serve the God of Israel. And it's so crazy to me that today these movies have the songs and it's like trying to get you to bow down to the idolatry of worship of self, because that's essentially the worldview of this movie. And, I, and it's funny because so many parents are commenting on my post saying, my kid is watching this thing two to five times a day on repeat. And mm-hmm. so what you're getting is not the song, but the ideology behind the movie. And the song is like the desire. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. This stuff is so dangerous. Well, listen. I appreciate you taking the time to. Bring-
1: there you have it. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious, really quick, just for. Um, let me see if I can find it. Let me go to Apple Music really quick. I'm assuming the soundtrack is available. Uh, I I am just because this is supposedly you know some serious demonic stuff going on here. All right, here's the soundtrack. Um, Oh, it looks like Billie Eilish's brother helped make part of the album. Man, the uh, album's got a lot of 29 songs on the album. Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, Phineas. uh, Billie Eilish's uh, brother helped make uh, the the soundtrack. Um, So here's here's some of the songs. Nobody Like You, One True Love, You Know What's Up, Family, Turning Red, um, Temple Duties. Uh, Jen's Family Dinner, Drawing Love, Never Again Dream, Turning Panda, uh, Pandemonium, Ancestors, Inconvenient Genetics, You Know What's Up, Tyler's Deal, The Aunties, Grandma's Warning, Keeping the Panda, Dad Talk, Red Moon Ritual, I'm Keeping It, Making It Right, Unleashing the Panda, Stadium Ritual, Pandas Unite, The Real Ming, No Going Back, Let Your Inner Panda Out is the last song. I wonder, are there lyrics here? And there's no, there's no lyrics. Um, So is there, what's this? Okay, Nobody Like You is the single. All right, here's the lyrics. All right, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll never. I. I'll. I've never met nobody like you. Had friends and I've had buddies. It's true, but they don't turn my tummy the way you do. I've never met nobody like you. Oh yeah, yeah. You're never not on my mind. Oh oh my, oh my. I'm never not by your side, your side, your side. I'm never gonna let you cry, cry, cry. Don't cry. I'll never not be your ride or die. Let's call it what it is. It's a masterpiece. Got a whole lot of love for them city streets, Glendale, tonight is the place to be, got a big boombox and a new CD. That's a very dated reference. Come on everybody, let's tear it up. If you want mad skills, you can share with us. I want everybody to stop and stare and you know why it's me. Uh woohoo, it's too good. Yeah, ha ha, let's go. You're never not on my mind, on my mind. I'm never not by your side, your side, your side. I'm never going to let you cry oh cry, don't cry. I'll never not be your ride or die. Okay, we can go on and on and on. Okay, uh, well, yeah, this sounds like maybe, um, oh, Billie Eilish and uh, Phineas are the ones who wrote the song. So it's kind of like a slash kind of love song maybe. Like, you know, when you're 13, 14, 15, getting that first crush, maybe that's what's going on there. I don't know, but I, I bet you... Uh, i there you have it you You can draw your own conclusions there I, I here's the thing if you if it if you feel it's going to hurt you spiritually, don't watch it you You have a parent, you've got to make the best decision for you and your family. but just be careful not to go condemn another family who may have a different perspective and whatever your perspective is, teach your kids in some capacity it is it's absolutely i I will absolutely die by this rule. Teach them how to process what they watch, how to interpret it, how to understand the meaning, the message. Teach them to talk about it. Like, what did you get from that movie? What did you think about that? What did you like about this character? You you remember when this character did that? So what do you think about it? Because in every show, there's moral dilemmas set up. How are they processing the moral dilemma in the show? Are they determining if they think that's right or that's wrong? Not Not just them going show bad, had bad word, show bad, it's not Bible. No, no, processing it, thinking about it, having a meaningful conversation about it. Not like, now you're gonna sit down and you're gonna listen to me as I tell you everything that was wrong in the movie. No, 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 no. It's like asking questions. So what did you think? So what did you like? Oh, who was your favorite character? What was your favorite part? So what do you think the movie was trying to say? Well, what, what lessons did you learn from the movie? And just get him talking about it and just see how they're processing it. See, teaching them that ability, that to me is essential, no matter what your view is on what they can or cannot watch. If you don't want someone to watch this, that's perfectly okay. Just be careful to give some people some freedom and liberty that maybe take a slightly different approach. Are there things, I'm not saying the movie is godly, I'm not saying the movie is giving a Christian worldview, and I wouldn't expect it to, because it's not a Christian movie. All right, we'll stop there. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right, those in the Discord channel, please just blow up the Discord channel with all of your disagreements. All right, everyone have a great night. God bless.